Welcome to Blood Taps, your ultimate True Blood Rewatch podcast, where we sink our teeth into an all-new episode every Thursday. We're your hosts, Ashley and Fawn, so grab your favorite AB positive, and we'll meet you at Merlot's. All right, welcome back to Blood Types. This is episode 11 of season two, and it is called Frenzy. Bill seeks out a vampire queen to help quell Bon Tom's Maynard crisis. Sam turns to an unlikely source for help. And it was a very unlikely source. I'd say that's pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's only kind of two ways we can really cover this episode. One, it's too late in the game to be putting a filler episode in. And I feel like, I feel like they did it need it I mean I guess it just built up more often like more stuff and then you find out that there's a queen and I guess a hierarchy of vampires which okay I get it um but like overall nothing really happened until the very end yeah the the middle of it was definitely a waste (laughs) yeah so I think we could either talk about like the Sam Jason Andy kind of arc of it or we can do the Sookie Lafayette Terra part of it which I feel like we can those are the two kind of split down the middle and then you have a random blurb from Jessica and Hoyt um but pretty much it's not really like we've said in other episodes it doesn't really bounce around it's kind of consistent throughout the whole episode either these two plot lines I think we should start with um Andy Sam and Jason just kind of I agree get started (laughs) because their whole thing was I don't know it was really interesting I think Jason kind of regressed as a character in this episode um like he all of the character development he has had in the last 72 hours not even however long it's been in their world I'm like okay so none of that mattered yeah like none of your none of that mattered anymore well he didn't fully do it but he right he was gonna and all it took he was like so ready to fight this battle and nobody's gonna mess with his hometown one girl was like let me blow you and he goes yeah and he was like okay like, Andy <laughs> you, you go on I I'll take one for the team and so she yeah. can't tell anybody we were here like Jason was um, just about to is this does that happen before or after um Sam again should have said fuck them kids <laughs> well it, it all starts first at Merlots where Sam admits to Jason and Andy that he can shapeshift and Jason is like that's so cool right. uh and Jason also thinks that they need guns to combat Marianne and Sam is essentially like you're fucking stupid Marianne can't die and guns are not going to help you and Jason is essentially just like okay sounds great uh, so then some we see somebody peeking into the window at Merlot's and for some reason Sam runs outside even though he is target number one enemy number one um, he just puts himself into danger by running outside I literally put he's an idiot in my notes um, and then it turns out to be Arlene's kids and they are asking about their mom and saying she's gone crazy and that they haven't eaten in a few days. Uh, so as Sam tries to get them inside Merlots to give them food and keep them safe, uh, Jason and Andy start heading to the sheriff's office to stock up on guns. Jason is like, I have paramilitary training because I spent two whole days at the 
<laughs> fellowship of the sun <laughs> so about i totally forgot arlene had kids i'm not even gonna lie to you i totally forgot she had kids even though i think <laughs> previous episode like she called sam to get him into a trap because of her kids i totally forgot she had kids i honestly did and yeah then sam is an idiot like the whole town everyone in town has been possessed to kill you or to trap you and to sacrifice you and you're like i heard something let's run out into daylight (laughs) run out to the middle of like everything no weapon no nothing to protect yourself and he's just like what is that i'm like don't care what that is like you should care about yourself like you should focus on you boo like if any other time focus on yourself like stop you need to heal yourself sam (laughs) yeah like keep yourself alive and every episode he's fallen into traps it just forgets that everybody wants him dead and he just tries i just i can't i can't he he's he's the most frustrating character right now because he acts like everything's fine and wants to help everybody except for himself i don't understand he has a death wish yes yes he does yes he does (laughs) So he brings Arlene's kids in and he feeds them. And again, they're asking what's wrong with their mom. And he tells them that she's sick, but isn't going to die because they keep asking all these horribly morbid questions. And they say that she doesn't seem sick, just crazy. And that she's always kissing Terry and that her eyes get really weird. Um, And they keep asking about Bill and asking if they know any vampires. And then we find out that Sam goes and sits in Fantasia's parking lot to wait for Eric. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking, I was like, how would Sam know Eric? But oh. they did come into his bar one time in season one when Bill was saying bye to Sookie and he was like walking around telling everybody to go I to totally Fantasia and how they can smell if you've like done them wrong. <laughs> I'm like, how how would these two characters ever cross paths? Ever? Yeah, when they showed up at Fantasia, I was like, how does Sam even know Eric? But I totally forgot about that. That makes yeah. so much sense. That's the only thing. But how did he know his name was Eric? Is the one thing I like. But that's how the only way I can think of how these characters maybe have interacted, maybe. But poor Ginger. <laughs> this poor woman whoever her actress is god bless her like she's so good at playing this scared role and uh yeah just ptsd ptsd every time she's on screen and she's so worried about like upsetting eric and her screams <laughs> sam literally yeah sam literally had no gun wasn't gonna hurt her at all just said excuse me ma'am and she just, <gasps> <gasps> yeah just screaming <laughs> Oh man, yeah, her character cracks me up, and I think it's played by the same person throughout the entire series. Like, I don't think she ever goes away. So I hope, I hope not. (laughs) Team Ginger. (laughs) Yes, yeah. So Sam, like you said, sees Ginger going into Fantasia, and she starts screaming. And he says that he's waiting for Eric and pays her a hundred dollars to sit inside with the kids. Um, When he finally does get to see Eric, and I put in parentheses, who is looking hot as hell uh sam tries to tell him maybe in the future he can get him something he wants if if eric helps him out now and eric goes suki stackhouse <laughs> can you get me suki stackhouse and sam is like no i can't do that 
I was like, if Sam knew how to get Sookie Sackhouse, he would have Sookie Sackhouse. Yeah. And can I tell you the one thing <laughs> that upset? Well, first off, it had my favorite line in the whole thing. Not only is teacup humans is what I'm going to refer to children now, but when uh, Arlene's son says he went on a vacation with Jesus, I died. I, yeah. I would. I booked my flight with Jesus. Like I love that line. <laughs> so freaking much so freaking much but he's like like he's never seen kids before it's like Pam look it's little little miniature humans little tiny tiny. ones (laughs) and can can I tell you why does he need to fly like why that was the most (laughs) random reveal you don't know any other vampire that could just like shoot into the sky like that I don't understand like it made no sense to me that makes no sense to me that he just like shot into the air. Like he goes, okay, I got someone I can talk to. <laughs> I know it killed me. They're talking about the main ad, obviously. And Sam asks Eric if they can help with the main ad problem. And they say that that must be the uh, clawed demon or the bullheaded demon that had come through town. Um, and Eric says, I may know somebody. And he's referring to the queen and him and Pam speak to each other in Norwegian, Swedish. Sure. And then when him and Sam go outside, like you said, Eric just shoots into the fucking air. And in all caps, I put, what the fuck, zoom, (laughs) and the laughing, crying emoji, because it just doesn't make any sense. Like, he can fly? Yeah, yeah, makes makes no, no fucking sense. Why didn't he use this when he needed to go save Godric? Oh, my God. Why did it have? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I don't understand. Like, why did it need to be revealed in this random ass episode? near the very end that oh yeah Eric can fly and they never <laughs> it was never prefaced it was never anything at all fucking Bill had to run I guess I don't know how the fuck he went to the queen but it just shoots <laughs> off into the sky oh I need to make a video of him shooting into the sky to post on Instagram it's so funny I just that's what I was like okay why why does it <laughs> why does this need to happen why does why does he need to fly? Right. We've already established they can zoom. Yeah. I was like, that was that was the most random thing I've ever seen. And it's weirdly just not even talked about. Like, they're like, okay, Eric can do anything yeah. then. He's an all-powerful vampire who can oh, fly. Well, I definitely, I think this is the perfect, if not, I guess, great time to talk about the queen and how she pretty much keeps Bill captive most of this episode. She forces him to just stay. He, she's like, you yeah. can't leave. And she goes, you must try this. I don't know. Uh, was he a Latin man? The one she keeps talking about, they don't. Yeah. I think so. Or Maybe. But um, Argentinian. She's maybe? like, they don't make him like this anymore. I'm like, what's so special about him? <laughs> <laughs> I want the queen to say that about me. I want her to drink my blood and be like, they just don't make gr- girls like that anymore. You know, one day. Like, I thought it would be so fun to be an extra in this show, but one scene I would not want to be in is when they're picking the lineup, I know I'm getting all over the place, when they're picking the lineup of who, like, he should come, like, drink from, and there's just one girl with just her tits yeah. out, like, only one girl in the lineup, <laughs> just, like, topless for no reason They at were all. like, mm, you, you can be shirtless this entire scene, <laughs> you. thank you so much. <laughs> But like you got good tits so just go ahead and take that off and I'm like yeah 
she didn't need to be topless like she, she, just so i guess they could still have whatever rating or whatever the nudity or what yeah it, it could have been fine if she had a shirt on like it wouldn't have changed the scene at all she didn't even talk she just stood there and she just needed to be topless yeah it didn't make any sense okay so we'll let's go all the way back to the beginning so she's holding him captive pretty much have a hold of her where they play yahtzee that's the worst of all board games yeah it's the worst out of all the board games they could have played risk <laughs> like play life play Sorry, monopoly like there's so many options of them. and they <laughs> it caught me off guard that she had this tacky the beach outside the like doors and stuff but i forgot that they can't go outside so then i understood it's like that's the ugliest thing i'm like oh yeah they can't go outside or to the beach but they still pretended and you know what other weird thing that was revealed without any warning nobody said anything nobody even reacted to it came on in the very beginning goes hey i'm sookie's cousin hadley tell her hey how's grand like it no warning and then bill's like okay i'll i'll tell her but you might not want to talk to grand he just goes along with it literally just out of the blue like I wrote in here, I was like, apparently Sookie's cousin is there and is the queen's side piece. Like, it, yes, it just completely random. It didn't need to like if unless it was gonna mean something to the story, it it just again just a just a fast pass and Bill's just like, mm, okay, I'll tell her. Okay, nice to see you. We'll see if he actually does tell her because he like, doesn't in this episode. So I don't know, but I have so many questions. Like how the fuck did you get there like and does everybody have a connection to fucking Sookie Stackhouse like she's never even left the town until Dallas and then everybody everybody knows who the fuck she is we're all she's her a children with no social media <laughs> she's a waitress with no social media that's how I describe Sookie that's a pretty accurate representation <laughs> she's never left her town she's just hanging out reading minds fucking vamps <laughs> what what better life could she have the other thing that we find out is that the queen, as she is kind of holding Bill hostage and Bill tries to leave, she finally starts talking about Maynads and talking about what they believe. So Marianne essentially believes that, or says that since she is a Maynad, she believes that Dionysus needs to come for her and ravage her. And in order to do that, she needs to find the perfect vessel, sacrifice and devour a part of the person surrounded by the magic of her familiars, and then he will appear. And after that, he has to ravage her. And then she essentially gets the true death. Um, we find out the queen also doesn't really like Maynads. She thinks they're pretty stupid. They have a certain interest in shifters because they have a beating heart, which is very interesting. And I finally, finally did some research into Maynads. So I have two brief descriptions that I will read. So the first part is from Britannica.com, and a maenad is a female follower of the Greek god of wine, Dionysus. The word maenad comes from the Greek maenads, meaning mad or demented. During the orgastic rites of Dionysus, maenads roam the mountains and forests, performing frenzied, ecstatic dances, and were believed to be possessed by the god. The second one is from Bruminate.com, and it was curated and reviewed by Matthew A. McIntosh. And it says, often the Maynads were portrayed as inspired by Dionysus into a state of ecstatic frenzy through a combination of dancing and intoxication. During these rites, the Maynads would dress in fawn skins. It was skin and deers. They were skin and my cousins. 
and carry a, law, a long stick wrapped in ivy or vine leaves and tipped with a pine cone. They would weave ivy wreaths around their head or wear a bull helmet and, to honor their god and often handle or wear snakes. I think it sounds fun. I'm game. Sign me up. I'm going to say that's a, that's a, a you. I'm, right? I'm, I mean, maybe. I mean, you got me in the god of wine. I'm like, that's probably the best god to follow. Like, I'm I'm down with that. But then as it kept going, I was like, mm, probably not for me. Probably not for me. Yeah, pretty so much. She's doing all of this. All of this. The altar, the possession, the parties. She's doing all of this. So a man will fuck her and kill her. Why do we give men so much power? I don't know. But I love that the queen was like... So, she's immortal because she thought she thinks she is and i'm like that's the kind of attitude i want you think it and you'll be it that's what i want i know that the thing is like i need the confidence of a mediocre white man but honestly i need the confidence of marianne i need a confidence of a fucking maynard who's wants the chosen one to just come and give it to me till i die (laughs) that sounds i don't know if that's how she dies but i mean i guess so because she has to find the perfect vessel eat them and then essentially the same thing happens to her, but backwards? I don't know. But the party part sounds fun. So as Bill finally leaves, because he has gathered his information about the main ad, Eric walks in. And I put Eric's hair in the scene is so bad, but I guess it's because he flew there. So can't help turbulence. And Eric asks if Sookie has mentioned him and Bill calls him sad for making Sookie drink his blood. And then Eric is essentially like, oh yeah, you did it night one, Bill. So you have no room to talk. And Bill, of course, is like, I was trying to save her life, blah, blah, blah. And Bill just finally is like, you need to stay the fuck away from Sookie or I will tell the queen you're forcing people to sell vampire blood. And Eric says, I don't like threats, Bill. And Bill says, neither do I. And then he leaves. I was like, Bill just gets mad because Eric called him out on his shit. He's just mad because he did the same thing that he did (laughs) on night one. He's pissed. But Bill's like, I had a reason. (laughs) It's as he couldn't come up with a rebuttal. He goes, oh yeah, I'll tell on you. (laughs) You want me to tell the queen about what you're doing, Eric? Because I will. So after Bill leaves, he actually appears in front of Sam but that is a little bit later in the Sam storyline towards the end of the episode. Um, so we, we haven't found out what he needs from Sam yet, but we, we will. So I don't think the queen has any friends. I know we've already passed that, <laughs> but I really don't think she has any. Friends. No, she just has her victims are her playthings, her blood banks, whatever you want to call them. Oh, blood bank. I mean, that's essentially what they are. Is that what they're called? And she, she loves choices. The girl loves choices. What girl doesn't? No, no. I think it's time. Well, the only thing, okay, before we move off of Andy and Jason, first off, the questions Jason was asking throughout the whole episode about Sam, about how is it bestiality if he turns into a dog and fucks a lady dog? I'm like, he's just asking the questions that nobody else will. Like, that's what what everybody's thinking, but what nobody will say. I would never ask that question in a million years, but I would think it for the rest of my life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Jason and Andy kind of like start to settle their differences. Well, I don't know if that's exactly what happened. I think it's just like civil finally find out like Andy, why Andy doesn't like Jason. And I love that he also throws it in there is um, 
because he has sex really well or like women throw throw things at you and he thinks Jason has like the easy life and all of that and he's pretty much kind of jealous of him wrote down everything so Andy says that Jason has had it easy and at first Jason's like is it because of how much pussy I get which is just eye roll and Andy's like no I just think you have it easy and Jason's like okay what do you think I have easy and Andy says well you were the court or you were the star football player quarterback whatever and Jason says bad knee and not even 30 what else and then Andy's like yeah women do throw themselves at you and Jason says I work out like a motherfucker and I watch porn to learn stuff (laughs) and then he says uh, he talks about Renee killing his grandma and his girlfriend, having no parents and having no money. And then Jason is essentially like, you need, we need to get over this and bury the hatchet because God chose us to do this mission together to save this town. And one of my favorite lines in this is when they're talking about how they feel like they're going to need to shoot everyone. Uh, Jason says, they're still Americans, Andy. And Andy says, that used to mean something. And Jason says, it still does. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, we didn't even talk about Bud. Oh, and the Russian roulette thing. I've never seen Bud, I guess, like, let loose. I know he's under the influence, I guess you could say, um, of Marianne. But, like, seeing him let loose and, like, dance with Andy and all kind of stuff in his underwear. And then he stops and he goes, I gotta take a dump. It's so strange. I hated every second of that scene. (laughs) And then Andy kind of saves the day. There's so many things in this like episode where verbally I was like, turn around. Like you, you're not like scanning your environment and people are crazy right now. I knew something was going to happen. I was like, Andy, turn around, turn around. And then that's what Bud kind of gets his attention. By shooting a gun into the air. Same with Jason when he was too focused on Rosie. I was like, turn around. Because another cop comes up behind Jason and holds a gun to his head. And the cop says, what is the game that people play where there's one bullet in the chamber and the rest are empty? Chinese fire drill? And Jason (sighs) says, Russian roulette. And the cop says, yeah, that's it. And then press it pulls the trigger and it's nothing and then Andy comes in and tries to shoot the police officer who has a gun to Jason's head and the guy shoots Andy first and thankfully Andy is wearing a bulletproof vest so he's fine and then they get the hell Mm. out of there all right should we do a filler the filler of Jessica and Hoyt or should we skip right to Tara Suki Eggs Lafayette Tara's mom Marianne I think we should go ahead and just talk about Jessica and Hoyt especially when there's not much to say so you find them back when jessica like pulls jessica off of his mom and i was like it's their first fight in the first probably 72 hours that they've known each other and he gets mean really fast when he says i should have listened to vampire bill about you i was like what an ass do you not hear how your mom has been talking to her all night even before she was under the influence of marianne it's like, I would have responded like, yeah, I would have responded like, like fuck you, you knew what you were getting into. Like, what do you expect? Sorry about you. Like, you chose, you drove all the way to Dallas to see me. I don't know. In that moment, he's no longer relationship goals. Right after that, he's not the oldest man. Like, his mom, holy cow. Like, the things she was saying to him broke my heart. So we find out that Hoyt's mom 
apparently lied to him about his father and let Hoyt believe that his father died a hero, um, saying that he had been shot as an intruder came into the house. We find out that's not true and that Hoyt's dad committed suicide and his mom essentially said that so they could get the insurance money. Um, and this obviously destroys Hoyt. He's super upset. Uh, she talks about how she wanted to go to Merlot so many times to just go get wasted and just go fuck some redneck at the bar, uh, which is horrifying to listen to. And it's not even my mom, but I just could not imagine my mom saying that to me. And she's just horrible. Like he is essentially saying like, you're not going to go out and be with Marianne anymore. You're not going to go do this stuff. And she's like, you're, you can't stop me. So what I wrote is first, she says that his dad, well, not first, but in her whole rant about him, like spilling all the truth and probably like drunk thought vomits, all of the things she hasn't told him growing up. But he said that she like he's a closet homosexual because he liked to dance. And I'm like, he's homosexual because yeah. he likes to dance. <laughs> Apparently, that's one of the telltale signs, didn't you know? But I just want to go ahead and get that out there. Um, men who are listening to this podcast, expect that from me the first night I cook for you. I don't know shit about cooking, but she threw like the potato chips in Snickers bar and some kind of like sauce on top. I was like that's me that's the first meal I cook for my husband so get ready boys <laughs> just throwing random shit hot sauce on top of, you're like I don't like half of this stuff but you eat it <laughs> yeah but like this is what I got and if uh my <laughs> my next relationship is gonna be like Shania Twain any man of mine where it doesn't matter what the fuck I give you you're gonna eat it you know it I'm the prettiest chips and a Snickers bar it might be good because I do like salty and sweet so I might have to try it I mean, people put like M&Ms in their popcorn and stuff. So I feel like it'd be a good mix. That's true. That's true. All right. I think, I think it's time. I think it's finally time to talk about Tara and her mom and Lafayette and all kind of stuff. This is this <sighs> part of the episode. I don't want to talk about a it. Roller coaster. <laughs> and I hate her mom all over again. Yeah. I hate her mom all over again. Yes. Agreed. Full heartedly. Okay, so Tara is trying to convince Sookie to let egg, to let her go and so she can go save eggs. And obviously, Sookie, Lafayette, and Tara's mom are like, no, you're fucking insane. And Tara says she wants the option to do something crazy for the man she loves because Sookie always gets the chance to do that for the man she loves. Uh, Lafayette won't let her leave because he says that eggs is abusing her and she's trying to argue and say it was Marianne and blah 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 and he essentially is like Marianne is not the one who put those bruises on you he did this and then he gets Suki to handcuff her to a table with fuzzy <laughs> fuzzy handcuffs <laughs> and Tara starts going in on all of them and the one to Suki really I was like holy crap because she was like you can't even what was it she was like you can't even get a guy who is alive to love you and you're like trying to ruin my chances at my one shot at love like you had to go find a dead boyfriend yeah something like you settled for a dead man like damn Tara harsh and Suki's even like you want me to help you after that yeah it's like this is supposed to get you on me on your side it's horrible (laughs) but let me tell you Tara is a grade a emotional manipulator yes she really is her mom like she definitely shouldn't have been the one in the house the entire time she knew exactly what to say to get her mom on her side I was not expecting everything to go down like the way it did especially where her mom was really mean to Lafayette 
Lafayette and Suki are outside on the porch, um, just kind of talking. And Suki gets a text from Bill saying he won't be back until the following day. Uh, and Suki kind of tells Lafayette what it was like inside Tara's mind uh, with how blank it was. And then they talk about the sex dreams <laughs> that they have with Eric. But as this is all happening, Letty Mae comes out and acts like she's crying and says that she just can't be in there with Tara anymore and how somebody else has to go in there because she's going crazy. And Lafayette goes to hand over the gun to Letty Mae and she just turns it on him and acts like she's going to shoot him and has let Tara out of the handcuffs to go and save eggs, which is just a mind blowing. But like she pointed at him for far too long. She acted like she was really going to shoot him even after Tara left, like she's already gone. I didn't understand why she needed to take Sookie's car. Oh my God. Yes. So when Tara comes out, she tells Sookie, I need to borrow your car. And Sookie just gives her the keys. No, bitch. Sorry. You've already taken my house. You're not getting my car too. But she goes, Sookie, I need your keys. I'm like, Mm -mm. no, you're walking. Good luck (laughs) for now. Go save me a man, but I'm not going to be a part of your downfall. Yeah. And poor Lafayette is just frozen in fear. Like he's so scared. I hate it. I know. Such PTSD. But one thing I didn't know I needed is alexander skarsgård in women's clothing the jewelry like the jewel the bracelet on his arm how does he look hot that way not fair i'm like okay that's cool good for you i guess proof that alexander skarsgård will be hot in any situation like it under any circumstances (laughs) this man's Uh. hotness will shine through (laughs) your hotness shines through (laughs) we appreciate Everything. Everything you got. I put, Eric looks so hot with a gun and a, and a sundress. I'm obsessed. Yeah, he was working that blouse. Okay, so they eventually take out Letty May by lobbing like a little statue at her fucking head. I know. <laughs> and then they just get in Lafayette's car and drive away with the gun. I guess the one important thing you find out this episode, which I guess is the whole reason for the episode in my opinion like if just this information alone was the most important is you find out that fucking miss Jeanette was was rod but her Tara's exorcism is what brought a ritual or whatever brought Marianne to Bon Tom and I did not even put the puzzle pieces together which the little girl's eyes, when they flash back to the little girl's eyes and her killing her to everything that's going on now, which I still don't understand how, but she says that it was the exorcism that like called on Marianne in the first place. And I was like, whoa, that wasn't, that was a connection that I had, like, I had no idea. No, me either. Like when they flashed back to the exorcism I was like holy crap (laughs) that was so smart I would have never put two and two together and obviously Tara never did either because she was like what the fuck are you talking about but maybe that's why Tara has been so special to her the whole time or why they have this like connection I still don't understand I wish they would go deeper I feel like they won't like how eggs is like now her pet like what yeah. happened with him while she just keeps him around and has this tight hold over him fully under her spell like that man is not going anywhere there's nothing in that brain of his anymore i know i hate seeing his eyes black every time yeah but he was so happy to see tara and i was like that's so sweet 
I know. I was, it always bums me out when like good characters have shitty things happen. I'm like, stop, leave Eggs alone, please. We need him. I, I just hate that Marianne kind of keeps winning. Like she yeah. kind of has her way. Well, other than when her minions come back and they don't have Sam. But after <laughs> all of that, that they did to clear Tara's mind, it only took a bitch slap. <laughs> and that she's back to Marianne, baby. Yeah. Yeah, she's completely all of that that they did all for nothing because she just had to smack her around and then she's she's back. Yeah, because at first Marianne just tries to vibrate and Tara's like, that doesn't work on me anymore. Like you can't get me that way. And then, like you said, she just bitch slaps her and there we go. That's all she needed. So Tara and Eggs go upstairs to presumably have sex. And the group comes into the kitchen where they said the God who comes smited Sam Merlot. And Marianne is like, what are you talking about? And they kind of repeat what happens. And Marianne calls them all morons and makes this horrible scratching noise happen in their head, or maybe out loud that drives them all to leave. Even I like listening to it, got a headache. I was like, this is horrible. I had to mute the TV. Yeah. (laughs) Same. I was like, no, I can't listen to that nails on a chalkboard sound. So at this point, also Lafayette and Suki have shown up at the house And they are kind of standing outside talking about why there's evil in the world. And Lafayette says that some people just like to hurt people. And it's like, he's like, well, I don't like to hurt people. So I'm a good person, Mm -hmm. which fair enough, I guess. (laughs) And as they're talking, um, Arlene and Terry drop out of a tree (laughs) over top of them and tell them they're trespassing and demand either money or something else. I don't remember. And um Lafayette says would you take drugs and they're like uh, Terry says yes and Arlene says no baby drugs are for losers and he says it'll make the sex incredible and so Lafayette has said this is MDMA and this is where my favorite line happens he is throwing the pills and he goes come on chick chick chicks like calling little baby chickens and Arlene goes "Ooh, I got a yellow one I love that <laughs> but I don't so understand they they were in such a hurry to go there to find Tara and then they stand outside for like five minutes just having this this really deep dialogue 30 like 30 feet away from like people dancing outside the house like of course they were gonna get caught and they just didn't notice Arlene and Terry sitting there I'm sorry but I think I would recognize two full-grown adults sitting in a tree above me Mm. maybe I'm just observant but I don't see how they could not see that yeah but Sookie gets away and goes around the back of the house. And I don't know what this lady's name is, but she keeps popping up where she just cut her own finger off. Yeah, she severed her own finger and for the God who comes. And Sookie just takes it like a champ and walks away. She's like, okay, okay cool. But it doesn't stop there. Yeah, and then there's a guy, like once they get in the kitchen and there's a guy in the bathtub playing with, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like a snake. I don't know if it's like, I don't know what it is. I thought it was a spine. I, I was like, oh. I don't know what it was, but it was like moving on. It wasn't even part of it. But so the coroner, like it grabs Sookie's leg on while she's walking through the kitchen and she lays down with him because he starts screaming. Yeah. He asks her, do you remember when your grand was laying dead right here or something like that? And so he's like, yeah, I do. Thanks for bringing that up. And she lays down there for a long time. It tells him he smells bad. And <laughs> I didn't know that that was leading to sex because she goes, okay, but I'm on top. And he goes, that's fine. It's better for my back anyway. And then just like 
beats up with a frying pan. I'm like, why didn't you just go ahead and do that? Why did you lay there? Yeah, no, I agree fullheartedly. Like I would have just immediately been like, okay, I'm going to get on top and then done the pan thing and just avoided the whole immediately. Like, why did you have to listen to this man go on? But while they're separated, Marianne finds Lafayette outside. I hated this part. Mm -hmm. Poor Lafayette is so scared. Mm -hmm. And she's talking about a poison plant. Uh, I think it was nettlebane that she has and she's just like eating it and Lafayette goes to shoot her and Marianne just holds her hand up and the bullet deflects off of her hand and shoots Carl in the neck who just immediately dies and then she says oh I think it was in the head oh was it in the head it was somewhere above I the think shoulders it was, in the head. <laughs> it was fatal yeah. wherever it was and then Mary Ann just asks Lafayette if he can cook. Or no, she says, you're a cook, aren't you? And then that's where that whole scene ends. Mm-hmm. And I guess around that time is, oh, one thing, I'm sorry, one thing I put, I just saw it on my notes. So when they were talking outside before Arlene and Terry jumped from the tree, Suki has her purse. <laughs> I noticed that. Over her arm. I was like, here, what my notes said. Um, they're about to go there and save Tara from a main ad. And Suki decided, yeah, I should probably take. You never know when you'll need she your ID. She just has it over her shoulder. <laughs> like, she needs stuff to carry so she can't. <laughs> like, there's nothing in the fucking purse that will save her, <laughs> but she needed to bring it. Sorry, that's a, such a side note. I know we're a little all over the place, but I saw that. I was like, why did you take your purse? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Oh, Suki. Oh, but they finally, she finally finds Tara and they're smashing everything up in her grandmother's room. That broke yeah. my heart. When she yelled at her, she goes, that's Grand's. And Tara's like, I need it for the nest. I'm going to tell you right now. I feel like I've seen this episode before. I I still like freaked out when there was an egg. Like I freaked out when they showed. What's in the egg? What's in the egg? I don't know. I thought the only egg we (laughs) knew about was standing there. A beautiful chocolate man. I thought that's the the only egg I need, honestly. Like I don't want a second one. I don't need whatever whatever (laughs) the fuck's in there. I just that's a whole lot of stuff that I don't even want to know about. Yeah. And the episode ends when Sookie is tapped on the shoulder and Lafayette has been influenced. He says, where you been at? I was looking for you. And then Sookie lets out a, a huge scream, which I would probably do the same if I saw my friend standing there with completely black eyes. And uh, yeah, that's how the episode ends. I think a lot of episodes in that way. I feel like there's been a few in episode like season one where all she did was just scream when they find miss Jeanette's body in the car i didn't know is one i can't oh when she finds um dawn right i think so i think those are the only other, well no i feel like there's another one i feel like in season one like every single episode ended with her screaming we'll have to do a tally i'll have to go back through and listen to all the endings of our episodes and yeah. see how many episodes ended with screaming. i really think a lot of them a good few of them end with her screaming for no reason at all <laughs> and one thing i should have said it when we were talking about the queen why does she need to meet sucky oh yes because when bill yeah, when Bill was leaving, she goes, I can't wait to meet her or something about meeting her. And I'm like, why do you need to meet her? Because she's so special that Bill is bound to this human. The queen has to know who this human is, I guess. <laughs> but again, I was like, why, why does she need to meet? Does she meet everybody's human? <laughs> I get. I mean, she is the queen, so maybe. Oh, okay. Sorry, I'm random in my notes. The one thing I didn't say <laughs> is Suki in Lafayette's plan right was to shoot her with a shotgun 
to shoot Marianne, the main ad, with a shotgun. And my note says, yeah, my vampire boyfriend couldn't do anything to her, but definitely a shotgun milk. That makes sense. <laughs> but that's the only thing. But other than that, it was it was a wild ride. But I think they ha- that whole episode, the only thing that really came of it was, or the biggest information you learn is just how Tara's exorcism or ritual started this whole Marianne madness yeah so it's all Tara's fault we can all thank Tara for season two mm-hmm. but I guess it makes sense because didn't I think Marianne showed up maybe a couple episodes after that yeah because no it was a while it was a while after that because when Tara had her exorcism I think it was the next episode where she found out Jeanette was a fake and then she was all depressed and then that's when she was driving home drunk I think it was from Arlene's engagement party yes it was the end of season one and Marianne just naked in the street just a normal Friday night (laughs) I just can't wait to see how they kill her I know we feel I feel like we flew through episode or season two so fast and when you pointed out like this will be 12 weeks since the end of season one because since we were released an episode a week I was so mind blown I can't believe it's been 12 weeks like (laughs) our timeline is longer than all of this happening (laughs) that's a good point happened twice because episode one to end of season three is six weeks geez we've doubled that just for season two well this was I mean it was an okay episode it it definitely ramps up near the end to kind of get you ready for the season finale which i can't wait to see what happens then but we actually i think it's time we announce we're actually going to have our first guest on in a couple weeks for the first episode of season three um he is a true blood fan who reached out to us on instagram and we can't wait for you guys to meet him he's become a good friend of ours um, but he will be on in a couple of weeks as soon as we start season three. So we have this episode, the season finale, and then we are going to watch another uh, Twilight movie because the whole world's obsessed again. <laughs> and we're going to watch Eclipse and get to hear about Fawn's hatred for Jasper a lot more because he is a bigger character in this one. My mortal enemy, Jasper Gullen. <laughs> like Ashley said, that wraps up episode 11. Follow us on Instagram at Blood Type Podcast. Uh, you can also email us bloodtypepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we do have a Twitter, but we don't use it. Uh, so you can just ignore that, but you can follow it if you want. You can find a new episode of Blood Types every Thursday. Join us for True Blood Thursday, and we can't wait to see you at the season finale. We're getting so close. And if you want to support our podcast by either signing up for a dollar five dollars or ten dollar contribution please go to anchor that's a-n-c-h-o-r dot f-m slash blood type and you can go sign up and support us um, because we just want to make this podcast the best we can um, and we would love your help especially if you haven't been enjoying so far so that's been episode 11 and we'll see you next week for the season finale <laughs>